Hello, this is Kevin McMullen, Senior Pastor of Independence Christian Center. Thanks for joining us as we break the bread of life today. Our prayer is that your faith in our Lord Jesus Christ is strengthened by this word. God bless you. To open your Bibles with me to Acts chapter 13, you may. Last uh, time we were ministering on this subject, two weeks ago today, we were talking about drawing near to hear. And I want to kind of continue on that vein because we're talking about listening to God, not just uh, uh, not just uh, hearing God. And, and we're going to get to some of the mechanics and the nitty gritty of it. But it all comes down to uh, relationship. It all comes down to relationship. You know, one of the things that I, re I remember uh, 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 some research that I read uh, not that long ago. Well, I say not that long ago. It's been probably 30 years ago. So I guess it was that long ago <laughs> when I was in school and uh, where they took an infant who had been uh, who had bonded to uh, his or her mother and they let the infant see their mother through a glass. Now there was no, you, the glass was, was uh, soundproof. And so the infant couldn't hear the mother. The mother couldn't hear the baby, but the, you know, and when they made eye contact, the, they were able to establish the fact that the infant was engaged with the mother and the mother was looking at the infant. And then all at once they d did some distracting things that they didn't tell the mama they were going to do. And so she was, you know, she was looking at the baby, but she was apparently somewhat distracted. And immediately that connection was broken between the two of them. So even when we are infants, we can tell, we can get distracted, we can get, you know, and we need to be focused on Jesus. You know, I, I heard a, uh, an evangelist for whom I have a great deal of respect the other day say, you know, like, yeah, it's been fun having the presence of God. It's been fun doing worship and all this, but we really need to be thinking about evangelism a whole lot more. Well, while I'm not going to argue with that, I would say that a lot of times what has been called, you know, the presence of God and the worship and everything has been more of a production than it has been the actual presence of God. And God really, I'm telling you, we are to press in. Everybody say amen. Um, we see here in Acts chapter 13, verses 1 and 2, reading from the New American Standard, it says, Now, there were at Antioch, in the church that was there, prophets and teachers, Barnabas and Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Menaean, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul meaning Paul, of course. And while they were ministering to the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Dr. Saul was present. You do realize that he was a doctor, right? He was a, he was a, he was a lawyer. He was a very accomplished Pharisee, a, gra a graduate of the finest school, Gamaliel University. And... He, you know, he began uh, ministry by his ministry by teaching there in Antioch for well over a year. And then a prophetic word came to them that a famine was about to come over that region of the world. And so the church took an offering. The church there at Antioch took an offering and dispatched it to Jerusalem to the church that was there in custody of Saul and Barnabas. All right, or Paul and Barnabas. This was before his name. They, it, we see the change. This is Acts 11. Now, while they were there, some big stuff happened. 
because James was executed, the brother of John was executed by Herod. And when he saw that that had thrilled the Jews, he put Peter in jail too. So Peter and, I mean, uh, Paul and Barnabas were actually in Jerusalem when Peter was, was jailed. Well, we know that God is the God of the jailbreak. And he, you know, here was Peter, you know, I, I, you know, if I knew that it was the night before I was supposed to be executed, I probably wouldn't be sleeping. It says Peter was sleeping. Obviously they were denying him caffeine while he was in jail. And so he was sleeping and the angel had to, you know, kind of kick him on the side and say, Hey, wake up. And then had to give him all the orders. Stand up, wrap your cloak around you, you know, brush your teeth, comb your hair, whatever, you know. And then let it, and then it wasn't until, and then the, you know, all the walked right past everybody. Uh, the light was shining in the cell right past all the guards who were later executed for letting him get, letting him get away. And he, it was, wasn't until he was out on the street that he realized this wasn't a vision. This is really happening. I am so excited about the stuff coming that I could say, man, this is really happening. I've already had some of the visions. I've already had some of the things God's revealed to me. And it's like, ah. I remember Gene had a dream one time. There was something just really spectacular concerning the church. And she said something about that I was something like this. And I said, did you get a look at me? How old did I look? <laughs> oh, Lord. Big events. And then Herod, of course was thwarted in his ability to put Peter to death. And so he went down to, uh, you know, he went down to the coast after that and was delivering a message and failed to give glory to God and died of an excruciatingly painful ailment. Paul and Barnabas, 12 and 25, Acts 12 and 25, returned to Antioch. And it was a time of great uncertainty. And the church faced many challenges. Already, we've had a martyrdom. At, you know, we've had a persecution and things are, things are beginning to ramp up. The scripture says those who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Now, I want you to think about what I just said. I didn't say those who desire to be Christians or those who identify as Christians. Those who desire to live godly. Those who wish to really be pleasing to the Lord. Don't think, why would the enemy mess with people that have the label? And maybe they're truly born again, but they are not following Jesus, at least not closely. Why would he want to mess with them? He has limited resources. I know it seems like everywhere you go, he's there. But he has limited resources. And so the persecution in Jerusalem was causing problems there. And, the, and, there, was, and there, were, there were waves of it just kind of, you know, ripple effect going out over the whole church. And so the prophetic ministry began seeking God about what to do, what he wanted done. Look at it here again. Acts 13 and 1. Now there were in, the, uh, in Antioch in the church that was there, prophets and teachers Barnabas and Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manan, who'd been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. We don't know some of these other individuals. We have no idea what became of their ministry because it's not tracked for us. But we know, of course, about Barnabas to an extent. We know about uh, Paul to a certain extent. But here they are in a meeting. And they were ministering to the Lord, not to one another, 
not to the church. They were ministering to the Lord and fasting. Pastor, if we'd known you were going to swear, we'd have not come this morning. (laughs) Fasting. I don't enjoy it any more than you do. But I can tell you that there have been times in my life when the Lord spoke to me to fast. And he moved mightily as a direct result. I draw attention to the fact, the next thing that Luke says. It says, they were, they, while they were, while they were ministering to the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit, what? Said. The Holy Spirit said. Now, when it says ministering to the Lord, that word right there that's translated means, it's the word from which we get our word liturgy. It means to serve, but with a priestly nuance. Uh, a, a priestly, you know, we think we, you know, years ago, it just seemed like every book that came out, Christian pop culture book was about body ministry where, you know, or, and pastoral ministry or whatever. But this wasn't ministry to the people. This wasn't ministry to the sick. It wasn't ministry to the poor. It wasn't ministry to the uneducated. It wasn't ministry to the destitute. It was ministry to God. We do not think about, oftentimes, about ministering to the Lord. It's actually, think about this, it is something that somehow, he says, conveys benefit and blessing to him. Amen. And it is important to him that we keep that first. One of the things that the Holy Spirit spoke to me 20 years ago, 20 years ago this very month, was I weep for my people who are about to be left behind. Well, what does about to mean? You know, I'm sure it's been underway. And we just don't see it as much because it's been incremental. It's been so slow and it's like that. But there will come a day, and I don't think we're far away, when that acceleration suddenly where, you know, if you're, I'm a car guy. I admit it. I'm a car guy. You know, but where God just grabs another gear, you know, dumps that clutch and lays into that throttle. And ah, here we go. And there was a, you know, I got to tell the story. There was a kid in my high school. That built his own. He had a Camaro. It was just a plain Jane 69. Was it a 68? Either way. 68 or 69 Camaro. It wasn't a Z28. It wasn't an SS. It wasn't an RS. It wasn't any of those fancy things. And he pulled. I don't know what engine came in it. But he put. A, he built his own 327. And put in that car. And beat, put a Muncie Rock Crusher tranny in it and beefed up the rear end put the big old fat tires on the back of it and did all the stuff necessary and that car was so fast that one of the things he loved to do was say once I stomp on it if you're sitting there in the seat next to him once I stomp on it see if you can touch the dash because it would slam you back in that seat so hard. I mean, he could pull the front end off the ground. He had a wheelie bar on it. People look at it and say, ah, wheelie bar like that. No, he needed it. And I mean, ah, like this, and it's like, like that. And when he went to another gear, it was like, I, it was wonderful. <laughs> it just was. It was wonderful. 
You know, I mean, he could pull the front end off the ground in first gear, bang second, and it would come up again. And by third, it was not coming off the ground. But I mean, that thing, it was like being shot out of a cannon riding in that thing. Well, I'm here to, you know, the Lord showed me a long time ago, despise not the day of the small thing. When he first called me to the ministry, he talked about that. You know, there's going to be a lot of small stuff. Well, he said a lot. He didn't say piles and gangs and tons and shiploads. And, and because when it happens, you know, it, it, you need to be ready. Otherwise, you won't be able to keep up. Well, what, you know, we, we see it in Ezekiel. When we went through Ezekiel here a couple, three years ago, when we took uh, the four-year trip through the book of Ezekiel. Ezekiel 44, 10 through 16. Listen to the way, and this is about the millennial temple. Now, I want to come back to that. That idea, the millennial temple there, because a lot of people think it's one thing when I don't think you can prove that. It says in verse 10, the Levites who went far from me when Israel went astray and who wandered from me after their idols must bear the consequences of their sin. Well, does that mean they have to go to hell? The answer is no, they do not. Our God is merciful. And everybody said, amen. Remember, weep for my people who are about to be left behind. They may serve, they may serve in my sanctuary. And having charge of the gates of the temple and serving in it, they may slaughter the burnt offerings, the olas, and the sacrifices for the people and stand before the people to serve them. Because they served them in the presence of their idols and made the house of Israel to fall into sin. Therefore, I have sworn with an uplifted hand that they must bear the consequences of their sin, declares the Lord Yahweh. They. Look at verse 13. And don't think that this has no application today because it does. They are not to come near to serve me as priests. Matthew 25 talks about five foolish and five wise virgins. Five of them went into the wedding feast. Five of them were not allowed to. And if you put it in the context of Matthew 24, Matthew 25, all of that, a lot of people just think, you know, it doesn't matter what you do. You know, we're all going to be seated at the wedding supper of the Lamb. I can prove to you by the scripture that is not true. Yes, you get to make heaven and thank God for that. That is so much better than the lake of fire. But thinking that you know, serving God in a haphazard way or not serving God, just having your ticket stamped, you know, with I accepted Jesus and being born again, which is, again, it's important. I would not in any way, shape or form minimize that. I mean, that's, but that's the first step. It's the first rung on the ladder. We're not so stand there one rung off the ground going, man, I can see everything from up here. One rung. But because they served them, verse 12 again, in the presence of their idols and made the house of Israel fall into sin. Therefore, I've sworn with an uplifted hand, they must bear the consequences of their sin. And says the Lord Yahweh, I realize that this kind of preaching is not popular today. I realize this is a good way to empty out your church. It worked. Yes. They are not to come near to serve me as priest, nor to come near any of my holy things or my most holy offerings 
They must bear the shame of their detestable practices. Yet I will put them in charge of the duties of the temple and all the work that is to be done in it. So they get to get... That is, in fact, there are rabbis who would tell you that's outer darkness. Outer darkness isn't actual darkness. It is, it is a place farther away from the light. I want to go into the light. I want to be able to come into the very presence of God. I want, in heaven, I want to be able to walk. I don't want to be out there looking at the city and, or being in the city, but not able to go into the temple because I was haphazard and I was unfocused. I was, I was, I was serving myself and adding, you know, just taking God, you know, making him, you know, like one of those. How many of you remember back in the day when people used to travel places and they put stickers on their, their suitcases? I've been to Amsterdam, I've been to Istanbul or whatever, you know, I'm a believer. And that's about as far as their faith goes. And that's what we're talking about here, by the way, is faith. Yet I will put them, okay, but the, the priests who are Levites, the de- descendants of Sadok, who faithfully carried out the duties of my sanctuary when the Israelites went astray from me, are to come near to minister before me. They are to stand before me. To offer sacrifices of fat and blood declares the Lord Yahweh. They alone are to enter my sanctuary. For they alone are to come near my table to minister before me and perform my service. Is it because he just said these people are special? No, it's because the sons of Zadok, he was one of the the priests. It was his family. They had faith. They did not go astray. They stayed true to Yahweh even when Israel was they, you know, if you read through Ezekiel, you'll see the things that they brought into the very temple, the very house of God. And it's sickening. It's sickening the things that were going on. All right. And so he said, these people, these men, these women, you know, well, we say women today uh, will minister to me. The idea, the very idea of making Jesus not just Savior, but absolute Lord is of crucial importance if we're going to hear God clearly and frequently and, uh, uh, you know, accurately. We bear it, you know, well, took it what these men, in, let's, let's, you know, these men in Antioch that were worshiping the, pro, the, the prophets and teachers. Let me give you a few scriptures here with which they were well aware. Psalm 50, verse 23. He who offers a sacrifice of thanksgiving Honors me. I do hope. I pray. That the worship service. Is not preliminary. And I will confess to you. When I first came into Pentecost. And I was leading what we call the song service. You could hardly call it a worship service. And then when we came back to this country. We went to, started going to a. Um, started going to a very popular. Uh, charismatic church there in Tulsa while we went to school and man I just couldn't wait to get through the worship service to get to the word the problem with that is that the worship service is God's time that is his time and I read over in Luke where it says very clearly that we are to feed him first and then he said, clothe yourselves properly. We don't do that anymore, but, and, you know, serve me. And then after I've eaten drunk, he said, I will, you know, you, you will eat and drink. 
we always come. You know, I'm looking so to the day, so forward to when we come to church to give something. And I'm not talking about finances. I'm talking about get to give something, not just to receive something. To minister to the Lord. Psalm 102. Serve Yahweh with gladness. Come before him with joyful singing. Hebrews 13, 15. Through him then, let us continually, everybody say continually, offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. One week ago today, I was praising the God, I was praising God, but I assure you, it felt like a sacrifice. Because it was, I, I have never in my life hurt so bad that it caused me to throw up. And I was there. And just absolutely zero fun. It, it brought a whole, you know, I'll tell you the truth. It's funny the things that come to you when you're, when you're in the throes of something like that. As I'm standing there, you know, ready to distribute what little I had left. The, the phrase puking and rebuking came into my head. <laughs> we used to say that, you know. Um, is that a little too graphic maybe? <laughs> Offer up, you know, let's, can, is, then let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of the lips that give thanks to his name. Think about that. Offering up evokes the image of the offerings by fire. Okay. And the soothing aroma, the sweet smelling savor. God calls us to a worship relationship. Will he settle for less? The answer is yes. Because he is a good, good father. How many of you have children that have, I better be careful how I say this, have, have not, how do I say Because some of you have children sitting here. I don't want, every one of us who is a parent who has adult children have things that have happened that have disappointed us and our children. Okay? Just like we disappointed our parents. Okay, so it's, you know, our kids do not have a, mark, a corner on that market, you know. And for some of us, our kids not only didn't, do every, didn't walk in everything we, we hoped they would walk, they, they didn't come even close. You know, it's like they just got off the rails and maybe seemed to stay there. You know what? They don't cease to be my children for that reason. You don't disown them. You still love them. You may not give them the help you once did, so you're not throwing money, good money after bad or whatever, but, and you may be, really put your foot down about holding them responsible, but, you know, you, they do not cease to be, well, guess what? The Bible says Jesus, faith in Jesus is the way to heaven. That's it. Not faith in Jesus and tithing. If I'd have written it, I would have put that in there, but it's not. I'm kidding, of course. It's not faith in Jesus and, and church attendance. It's not faith in Jesus and any of those things. If our faith in Jesus is strong, we will want to do those other things because that is faith in manifestation. Amen. Amen. If I really believe that adultery is a bad thing, I'll stay out of it because I believe it'll kill me. And if it doesn't kill me, my wife will. Amen. All right. Uh, God calls us to that worship relationship. Yes, it's father, son, father, daughter, however you want to put it. And it's master and servant. It has many facets. But 
a worship relationship. To worship is to have an extravagant devotion. So much so that you want to be just like him. And whatever he says, there is whatever he says to do. There is no mountain too high, no valley too low, no ocean too big, no river too wide. Whatever you want, however you want to say it, whatever God says to do, that's what I want to do. That's David. That was David. Was David perfect? No. That's Jesus. I believe that was Peter. Peter gives me hope because Peter was a worshiper and he was a mess all at the same time. <laughs> Amen. But his heart was in the right place. Amen. One of the, he is, now, John chapter 10 and verse 4, and I'm going to quote this more than once. Jesus said, when he, meaning the good shepherd, puts forth all his own, he goes ahead of them and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. If you are not claiming that on an almost daily basis, you need to. I thank you, Father. I know the voice of the good shepherd. I do know the voice of the good shepherd and the voice of a stranger I will not follow. Teach me your voice, Lord. Teach me your voice. Help me to flow in that. There, uh, I remember when our oldest boy was just a baby. Kathy had him. She was seated on the couch and she had him on her, on her lap. And he's lying there, you know, looking at her. And I don't know, he might have been, I don't know, eight or nine months old. Not very, like this. And she, you know, what mamas do, they, they look at the baby and they, you know, and they, hi baby, how are you? And they were like this. But this time she did something different. She changed her voice. She went, how are you doing? And he went, and then he started laughing. I mean, I, you know, it's so funny to hear a child that age laugh. And, 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 and she poked me. She said, look at the, because I was sitting right there. She said, look, watch this. How are you doing? Like, I, I, was, I mean, not as low as my voice, but how are you doing? Like, and he's, <laughs> and he, how are you doing? <laughs> he just thought it was the greatest. Why? Because he knew her real voice and that's not it. We know the voice of God. And when somebody else comes in, well, nah, that's not him. That's not him. In fact, his sheep follow him. They don't go their own way. They follow him. They let him go in front. There are going to be some surprises. In, I'm telling you, there are going to be some surprises in heaven. There is much that's been done down here that looks grand and looks like God was in it. When we get there, we're going to find out he, it, was, it was a sociological or psychological or economic phenomenon, something like that. God wasn't in it. And, you know, it's human accomplishment. However good it was, it wasn't divine. And only what he does gets, re receives a reward. In fact... In John chapter 5 and verse 30. This is no less than Jesus. This is red. He said, I can do. What's the next word? I can do. Next word. What does nothing mean? It doesn't mean like, well, I can't do very much. Or I can't do but just a little. Or occasionally I can squeak something out. No. He says, I can do no thing on my own initiative. 
Well, what if he, he sees something that needs doing? Then he talks to the Father about it. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is just, because I don't seek my own will, but the will of him who sits it. And this is not the only place he said that. There are multiple places where he says, I can do nothing on my own initiative. Well, if that was true of Jesus, I'm pretty sure it's true of me. Abraham tried to help God with his plan. Anybody remember Abraham and Sarah trying to help God with, you know, how did that turn out? Not too well. All right. These ministers and acts, they wanted God's direction. They didn't just want to do something because it looked good. It, the need is there, whatever. They made the decision. They wanted God's direction. They wanted God's plan for moving ahead. So they set themselves apart for a time to be with the good shepherd, to minister to him. They wanted to be with him. They knew Psalm 22, 3, where it says, You are holy, O you that inhabitest the praises of Israel. It is no mystery that when we are worshiping that we sense the presence of the Lord. And when the gifts are in manifestation, the gift of prophecy or something else of that. And I'm telling you, that is going to be increasingly important in the days to come. It's so important. And that isn't, you know, well, pastor, do you ever think we'll just have a worship service and you won't get up to preach? Never, no, never, no. Yes, I do. And if I don't get to preach, I'm okay with that. If God rather, I heard Norrell Hayes tell the story one time about this guy that he just, I don't know how it happened, but he just built this great big church. And, he, and it happened so fast. People were just pouring in. And he said he would just get up. They would have a really good worship service and they would really fall to feet of Jesus. And he would say, everybody that needs healing, everybody that needs salvation, just get down here right now. And that would be that would consume the rest of the service because so many people were coming and there was so much happening. And Norval said that he went and he said to the guy, he said, well, what what have you done to build this big church? And he said, you know, I don't hardly know what I'm doing. That's the way he said it. He said, I just he said, we just worship God. And then I get up and say, if you need something from God, get down here. And he said, all, and that's the way it is every week. And it's been that way for three or four years now. That's all I know to do. And Norval said, well, don't. He said, I hope to God you never learn to do anything else. In other words, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. God was moving. Is he, does he move that way in every church? The answer is no, but he was there. Um. Today, as an artifact of the faith teaching that, through which I came, one of the things we'll, we can do is, okay, I have this need, you know, and all that. And so, you know, Father, I believe in the name of Jesus, I ask you for, fill in the blank, I believe I receive it. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, there's some things like healing or whatever, I, I understand, I, there's not anything wrong with that. But a lot of areas, do I really know what, how God wants to do that? Do I really know if that's what? I, I remember one time when I was saying, I'm going to do this, Lord. I believe I receive a new car. This was 30 years ago. I believe I receive a new car. And it's, you know, amen and amen. I call it done in Jesus' name. And so, yeah, you know, and I needed one. I did. And so um, I could, it would probably pass a 30-point inspection for uh, you know, uh, orthodoxy and everything. 
And still completely missed the mark because three or four days later, just as I was drifting off to sleep, he said, don't even think about getting a new car until the end of March. And I'm like, and this was like in January. I'm like, I went, I go, oh, okay, Lord, no problem. And then it hit me what he had said. And I went, no. <laughs> I know. I don't want to wait. Neil sent me a text the other day that was really good. It says, I was recently tested for patience. I was, I was negative. <laughs> well, if he was negative, I was super negative. You know, I got behind it. Yesterday, they had the Fall Fun Fest thing in Blue Springs, and the entire, I think half of the Kansas City metro area was in Blue Springs. Wherever you went, it was just bumper-to-bumper traffic. And I got behind a poor guy in a red little red Chevrolet who was driving 10, 11, 12 miles underneath the, below the speed limit going along like this and I found myself talking to him. I said, what are you doing? Can we go? See that sign? It says 35, not 22, 35. Like that. And so as we came, we were headed south on Woods Chapel and I looked and there was the light at 40. I went, thank God I'll be free there no matter what. You know, and you think, and I got when I, you know, and, and, and so I, I, when we, he turned the same way, he went, he went west, I went west, and I looked over and it was a much older gentleman and all I said, okay, Papa, you know, I got it and everything. And then 45 minutes later, I'm going north on Little Blue Parkway and the traffic's all backed up on the, that one lane. I'm like, what in the world? Like that? And there's that same little car. This was a patience test. Negative, 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 negative. We used to kid about, don't get behind Gene. And I know you're watching, Gene. Hallelujah. One of the things we forget to do is ask God. Think about that. We forget to ask God. Lord, I want a new car, but what do you say? Well, I got another car. It, this didn't happen to be new. And it was a much better car. And it all came together supernaturally. I won't go into all the, the details on it. But it was because I was willing, you know, in fact, I didn't tell you the rest of the story. I said, he said, you know, don't get anything until the, at least the end of March. And I said, hey, okay, Father. N no. And so... I said what a good, good, you know, spirit-filled Christian would say. I said, Lord, I'm going to need you to confirm that. <laughs> you know, you, get, you know, it, there is nothing. I, you know, you might go to Gideon and use that, but that's Old Testament. Gideon didn't have the indwelling Holy Spirit. You know, and I and I said, I need to like, and he, I've never had him do this before or since. He spoke to me again. Right then, he said, you don't need confirmation. Just do what I tell you. <laughs> no, I'm telling you. A lot of people don't think God will talk to people like that. I'm living proof he does. He said, you don't need confirmation. You just do what I tell you. That, I just wanted to jump out of bed, pop to attention, and <laughs> salute him and say, yes, general. All right. He was serious about it, and he worked it all out. But it's after he got me out of the way. And that 
car wasn't new, but it was a lot better. Lasted me a very long time. I was, it was a blessing to the people it went to next, but that was some time later. And I didn't have a payment book. Hoorah. All right. Supplication and petition. That's what they're doing. They're spending time ministering to the Lord. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 18 says this. With all prayer and, and petition. And the word translated petition means askings. It, you know, with all, uh, with all askings, entreaties, uh, uh, prayer and petitions. Pray at all times in the spirit. With this in view, be on the alert. With all perseverance. And petition against ask again asking for all the saints. A lot of times, say, I claim thus and so in the name of Jesus. No, Father, what do you want me to believe for here? We are His ambassadors. Do you think that if the Japanese government summons our ambassador and says, "What on earth is your government doing with this?" He is not just going to offer it, or she is not just going to offer any explanation. He or she is going to say what Washington has told them to say. All right, I'm going to be with me here. And that's the way it is with us. We are imagers. We bring the image. We bring the person of Christ into any room. But we are there like he, he did not. He could not do anything on his own initiative. So when I walk into the, the hospital room or when I walk into the market or wherever it is, it's not, oh, this needs doing this. needs. I'm going to start giving spiritual orders. I, the first thing I do is check on my spirit. God, what do you want to do here? If anything, what do you want to do? I've had him tell me to pray for people in restaurants and tell me that they had dire situation in their life. I said, you want me to go over and pray for them? No, I just told you to pray for them right here. You know, sometimes we want to get grandiose with it. And he said, no, just, you know. He wants to lead. He wants to lead. Whatever you want done, Lord. I have my desires. I have my petitions. But your will is what I seek. Believe me. Kathy and I moved up here in 1984. This church started in 1985. That makes us, what, 37 years old? As a, as, a, as a body. We're just young people. 37 years old, all of us. But I, and I, I promise you, things have not gone the way I thought they would. Not even close. Yet, I have to believe that God is getting His will done. We were even told, there's a sifting that's coming. There's going to be a force reduction. Boy, did that happen. So what do you do? You know, you sell the building to First Baptist and leave. That's what you do. No, you do what? God says to do. If it is that hard attitude, God, I want your will. What is your will? And then spending that time ministering to him. And let me tell you, that's another thing. If I, you know, if Kathy's in the kitchen and I come walking in and I say, oh, honey, you are just the best cook. I'm telling you what. You are just, I mean, you are so good. You just so take care of stuff. You're just so taking care of all of us. You've fed us. You've, oh man, I'm telling you what. You are just so double awesome and everything. You know what she's thinking? What do you want? And she's not, she's not wrong. So when we come before him, it isn't with an ulterior motive. We're not just flattering it's truly worship and praise from the heart. Supplication and thanksgiving. Again, asking. We saw it in 
Ephesians 6.18. We see it again in Philippians 4.6. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and asking. It's okay to claim God is supplying all of my needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. God, you are not constrained to save by many or by few. But there will be other things that will be attendant to that. There'll be actions he'll wish me to take. There'll be things I need to do. And I need to hear those things. With thanks, get, uh, supplication, asking, with, thanks, th- with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. First, uh, 1 Timothy 2.1. First of all then, I urge that entreaties, again it's the same word, askings, um, and prayers, petitions, meaning an appeal, here the word means, uh, and thanksgiving be made on behalf of all men. To include kings and those who are in authority. Hebrews 5 and 7 tells this. In the days of Jesus' flesh, he offered up both prayers. Again, it's the word askings. It's not prayers the way you and I think of praying. It is the word askings and supplications. And that word means urgent pleas. With loud crying and tears to the one who was able to save him from death. And he was heard because of his piety. He was heard because of his godliness. Again, he said nothing on his own initiative. We are not beggars. I understand that. We are not to be subject to the beggarly elements of this earth. We're not to go through this life unable to, you know, able, you know, not having two nickels to rub together. I believe in prosperity and all that. But what I am saying to you is that we have got to be focused on Jesus. What do you want done, Jesus? What do you want done, head of the church? Following his lead, again, John 10, 4, A, I can do nothing on my own initiative. We come back to Acts chapter 13, look at uh, verses 2 and 3, where it says, And while they were ministering to the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Separate from me Barnabas and Saul, for the work to which I have called them. So... Then they, it says, then they fasted and prayed, laid their hands on them and sent them away. Now look at verse four. So being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Seleucia. And then from there they sailed to Cyprus, which was Barnabas home digs. But come back to verse four, uh, first part of verse four, being sent out by the Holy Spirit because they the, 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 uh, the, the individuals named in verse 1 were praying and seeking God. And then obedience to what the Holy Spirit said, they continued to fast. They laid hands on them and sent them out. And so even though they were the human agency, the part we could see, Luke lets us know by the Holy Spirit that they were not sent out by men. They were sent out by the Holy Spirit. How much better does our life go when wherever we are and whatever we're doing, we're there because that's where the Holy Spirit wants us to be. Everybody say amen. The whole thing was God's idea. In fact, years previously, God appeared to a fellow by the name of Ananias in Damascus in Acts chapter 5 or 9 verse 15. And the Lord said to Ananias, for he, meaning Paul, is a chosen instrument of mine to bear my name before the Gentiles and the kings and the sons of Israel. But Paul didn't go out flying around and doing all that. Yeah, he got, you know, he started preaching Jesus in Damascus. But then they tried to kill him. 
And so he went away for a while. In fact, he went, he went home to Cilicia. And Barnabas had to go find him. So Paul, did, even Paul the Apostle, the, who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, even though he knew he was called, even though he knew he was, that, that anointing was going to be there, he didn't just tear out and go do it. He waited until there was that word from the Lord, now is the time. By the Holy Spirit. In fact, um, interestingly, even the Holy Spirit, if our musicians would come, even the Holy Spirit doesn't move on his own initiative. Look what it says here in John 16, 13. But when he, the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth, for he will not speak on his own initiative. It all goes back to the Father, doesn't it? The will of the Father. That's why we pray to the Father in the name of Jesus. You can talk to Jesus, absolutely. But when it comes to getting business done, the Father is the boss. Jesus said so. And in fact, it says at the end, Jesus will take the whole kingdom as the everything that the Father lays at his feet and he will take it and he will lay it at the feet of the Father so that the Father will be all in all. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth for he will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will disclose to you what is to come. That's another good thing to claim right there that Lord, you're showing me things to come. You're showing me things to come and he'll do that. Just make yourself available. Galatians 5.16, but I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. If we'll walk by that Spirit with our eyes on the Father, our eyes on Jesus, our, you know, our listening to the Holy Spirit, the, the force of the Greek is we will not at all forever fulfill the lust of the flesh. Amen. You know what I do when I get behind people that are in little red Chevrolets going 12 to 15 miles an hour under the speed limit. I quote scripture. Thank you, Father. Romans 5 says, tribulation, work us patience. And patience, proven character. And proven character, hope. And hope does not disappoint because this guy's about to turn left. <laughs> hope does not. Have you ever been behind somebody like that and you kept, okay, turn left. Turn left. And then they turn right, just like you. And it's like, whatever it is, they're going to the same Dairy Queen you are. It's like, ah! <laughs> and so you can, use the, you can use the situation to allow God to do something in your heart. Or we can just sit back there and boil. The little fellow driving along, look over his mirror. Honey, yeah. Don't look now, but when you get a chance, look in your rearview mirror. There's smoke coming out of the ears of that guy behind us. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen that before. <laughs> and one of the things, we live in a world that patience is, you know, and yet the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, <laughs> patience. Yeah, long suffering, that's even better. Yeah, macrothumia, but, you know, but long patience, kindness. 
good. I, I was exiting the highway the other day and I'd done something and fell in a GMC pickup truck and he waved at me. He didn't use his whole hand, but he did wave at me. And so, you know what I did? I went, I just saluted him. You know, hey, how are you? You know, I used my whole hand. I used all my fingers. You know, it's like, dude, you know, I'm not going to let you get under my skin. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and every American's favorite, self-control. His sheep, John 10, 4, know his voice. We know his voice. We know the voice of the good shepherd because we spend time in his presence, worshiping, ministering as priests to him, praising, blessing, glorifying, magnifying, exalting, consecrating, supplicating. Paul says, those in Romans 12, he said, present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, which is your reasonable service. Lord, I'm putting my body, I'm putting my temper, I'm putting my patience up on that altar. Oh Lord, let the fire fall and consume me. I need the manifest presence of God. Those of you watching by web, if you do not know Jesus of Nazareth as your Savior, you do not want to go into the future that this world is facing and is well documented in the scriptures. You do not want to go into that set of circumstances without Jesus. I encourage you. I encourage you to pray right now and say, Father, I believe that Jesus Christ is your son and I believe you've raised him from the dead. And I believe with my heart and confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord and be my Savior. You can't believe God to lead you in anything else until you respond to that leadership. That's what the Holy Spirit, Jesus said, when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will talk to He will convict the world concerning sin, righteousness, and judgment. We need to get that straight and come to Jesus before we can expect any other guidance. And Christian, it's not a time to be casual. It's not a time to be part-time. It's time to be all in, all in, all in for the Lord. We hope this message has been a great blessing to you and has helped build your faith in Jesus. We encourage you to visit our app, Independence Christian Center, on your cell phone available from the Apple App Store or Android, Google Play. You can also find us on Apple TV, Roku, Amazon, YouTube, and Facebook, again, under Independence Christian Center, or at our website, iccfamily.org, iccfamily.org. Our heart's desire here is to labor with the Lord in building His body. Until next time, may God's very best be yours.